Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. And please welcome to the stage your favorite podcast, and that's why we drink. Hello. (laughs) Hi, guys. We love you, too. Here's the thing. That song... It has a different meaning to me now, because we were in Las Vegas last weekend. You'll hear all about it in the next episode. I'll give you a sneak peek. Essentially, I was put in a blindfold and brought on stage, and um, let's just say I really blacked out. I don't... Me too. (laughs) Because I had to watch it, and... My mom, my mom had a great time, so... I think Renata was the only one who was proud of Christine. She was standing up like, yes! She said she, um... Maybe I shouldn't say that. Let's just say they reenacted Fifty Shades of Grey on Christine. (laughs) And I know so much about my best friend now. Also, my brother was there. Okay. (laughs) Him and I were like, you shield my eyes, I'll shield yours. And we were both just... And then he, yeah, he also... You'll find out. He had an experience. You'll find out. (laughs) Um... I still love the song. I don't care. Hi, Nashville. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Who, I'm going to ask a question. Who came to CrimeCon? Oh, that's so exciting. Oh, I, hey, I just wanted to see hey, if anyone was, hey. like, loyal. Everyone else needs to get out. <laughs> oh, they're poor. It's fine. That's okay. That's okay. I get it. We I get, get it. that very much. My arms are really... Okay, here's the thing. Em doesn't like when I tell this joke, but... <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm going to give the people what they want. Listen, we just flew in from Los Angeles. And boy, (laughs) drink. And boy, are my arms tired. Get it? Our our first live show ever was in Nashville at CrimeCon, and that was her fucking lead. And she. I planned it for like three weeks. She warned me on the plane. She was like, look, when we get up there, I'm going to go first. Because I have something really good to say. I was like, and I can't I was tell like, you, though. It's a surprise. Yeah, she was like, I'm not going to tell you. And then I, got, I was like, all right, let's hear it. And I heard that, and I was like, wow, that was a lot of hours wasted on my... I think it killed. Killed. Did Get you do it? it on purpose? This is a part... No, but oh. yes. Okay. 
This is a podcast about killing. Yeah. What? Ghosts, death. 50% killing. Someone killing. There's Sometimes. a lot of wine also. Let's just get into the stories because I can't handle this. Uh, look at these chairs. Yeah. Okay. They the, asked if we wanted the fancy chairs. We were like, <laughs> duh. <laughs> Do you know us? Yeah, I feel like I'm on a talk show. <laughs> okay. Let me know if I flash anybody. <laughs> Apparently I did that. I'm not going <laughs> <laughs> um, All right. Who wants to hear a ghost story? Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Well, let me see. All right. I want. I wanted to add suspense. So, there's that. While we try to figure out the clip. I also just don't know what slides I put in because I was sleep deprived when I did this. So for like, it's abstract, you know. Okay, I'm gonna do the Rother Rotherwood Rotherwood. Rotherwood. Okay, Rotherwood? Emma's like the audience will know how to pronounce it. I literally. We, we Googled YouTube videos. I can't stop, stop myself. I'm just going to You got to scoot up. forward. I, I every, tried. Google, every video we Googled back at the, the, the Nobody hotel. Nobody said like, the name. So I was like, okay, well, everyone it was a lot from of Tennessee will figure it out. A lot of really old people. Well, now I'm going to get a bunch of emails that I said it wrong. But what don't I say wrong these days? So, Let's say Rutherwood. I'm going to call it Rutherwood. Has everyone got, everyone cool with that? All right. We can blame them now. At, yes, yes. Okay. Okay, yeah. Okay, so here is the Rutherwood Mansion. And there it is. The end. So, my turn. All right. It looks creepy, right? Like, you see it and you're like, it that's a haunted actually house. It does very creepy. Okay. So, this is, uh, a, this is also in Kingsport, Tennessee. Do we know where that is? Yeah? I don't. Um, oh, like Tri-Cities? How do you know that? Because Tri-Cities is part of, like, Virginia's involved. VA? Anyone? Hey! Ohio? <laughs> Ohio? Okay, okay, this is going to take forever. Okay. What are we other got, states? Calm down. Wait, calm let's down. find other states to say out loud. Uh, oh, my gosh. They're oh, good at this Lord. game. <laughs> you guys can just do this for an hour, and I'll just... Are you okay? No. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. You sure? Yeah. Okay, it's in Kingsport. Everyone got really excited about that. Okay, so. Okay. Um, it was a private home above the Holston River? Yeah. All, all right. Um, You're doing great, sweetie. Thank you. <laughs> One bullet in. So uh, it's on the National Registry of Historic Places, and it is nicknamed the House of Terror and Sadness. <laughs> Oh, okay. I don't know what that reaction was that everyone... I, I was mean, that laughter or like, ugh? I think it was like a, oh, no? Okay. It was built in 1818 by Frederick Ross, who founded the town of Rossville, which became Kingsport. Did everyone know this? Or was that just a fun fact for me? Okay, great. I had a lot of fun. Fun fact. Oh, people should drink also when I throw in fun facts. I always, I always mean to add that one in. Fun fact that M never includes. Okay, well, fun fact... Um, this is apparently a very bougie place of its time. It had curved driveways. Oh. Oh, Lord. Don't you do that to me. With that, the curves. Okay, so, and, I don't know. You give me a microphone, and I just kind of keep talking into it. God damn it. Um, also, it had column-lined porches and a pool on the roof. Sorry, that seems like a terrible that idea. is class. Oh, Okay. 
I mean, wait till I have a mansion. You're going to see some real interesting shit on that. Um, so he was considered nice because he treated his slaves well. But like, what a good, what a good guy. Like, he's like, Thanks. yeah, baby. Like, you, you still had slaves, but okay. Um, Listen, everything's relative. I don't know. All right. So unlike other slave owners, he treated them well. And who's caught up, by the way, on the episodes? Okay. Not everyone. Okay. For those who aren't, I apparently don't know the word wanton. (laughs) There was a lot of uh, struggle around wanton. Emma just casually was like saying something very serious, like a wanton person. I was like, like, a wanton? Such a wanton. And then it sounded racist. And I was like, oh, no. It sounded really bad. Oh, I never looked at it that way. Oh, we, I got some personal DMs about that. And I felt very bad. No, M just truly doesn't really... English isn't his first language. No. It's, it's not mine either, to be honest. <laughs> You're welcome, guys. So, um, but no, I... Anyway, I would actively like to not use that word. But then, wouldn't you know it, the fates <laughs> found me this story where the word wanton was used five different times. <laughs> so, um... Anyway, he had slaves, but treated them well, so that made him a good person, and he did not engage in wanton cruelty. That was so good. Um. It's like hooked on phonics. <laughs> I'm, like, yes. using it properly, I think. Okay, so, oh, time to move on. Yay. Okay, Yay. here's our first, and that's why we draw. Everyone knows how this goes, right? Okay. Some people don't. Some people don't? Yeah, some people don't not. Okay, I'm going to just lay it out for you. So... Uh, before we came on stage and we were doing our doing research for our stories, we found some phrases. What? Something's moving behind me? What the fuck? Oh. Don't do that during a ghost show. Um, or a serial killer show. Yeah, that's true. That one's scarier. Okay. So we, sent, we posted a bunch of phrases that would be involved in our stories without any context and had people send in their interpretations of what they thought we were talking about. So this is the, we each do three. So this was, this is the first of one of my three. So the perfect perfect woman. woman. What could that mean? You say, and I had to do this because someone was really nice. Someone said, Al. Oh, come on. It worked. (laughs) Sierra. Also, I like this because this gives everyone. Why isn't it me? You got to ask the audience that. I didn't get any pictures of you. I had a lot of questions. So, um, Anyway, so this also gives everyone, like, a little image. Like, put that in your head. Not Allison, just, like, a girl. Um, Okay, so the reason Perfect Woman is involved in my story is because Ross, um, he had several children. He had 15 children, and he... Several, yes. Yeah, several indeed. A baker's dozen and some. Um, But he only loved his daughter, Rowena? Rowena? Oh, that's the name of my car. Rowena. That's my car's name. Ravenclaw. I'm sorry, Em. I'm okay, really sorry. Okay, first we named states. Now we'll do houses. <laughs> um, okay, so he only loved one of his 15 kids. That's nice. But it, and he also treated his slaves well, so he's a great guy. What a, what um, a gem. But Rowena was considered the perfect woman because she was well-liked, very educated, went to like the hoity-toity schools. Mm. And uh, she was an artist. She loved to sing. She was kind to everyone, including the slaves, oh, oh. just like her father. And uh, she had many men chasing her. Wow. So she was quite a catch. So just like Allison. <laughs> I'm sorry. That did not go over well. I'm sorry. 
It was it a didn't joke. land. It didn't land. It I loved her first. Allison's ears are ringing somewhere. Um, oh no, you're gonna be in trouble later. So uh, yeah, she was well liked. There you go. And then she fell in love with a man from another town who, in different records where she wrote letters to her friends, she called him Doctor, which I don't know how to take. And uh, it just sounds weird. Like, his name wasn't Doctor. She just gave him that nickname, and no one else did. It was, like, a sexy nickname. It's, like, Daddy, but... (laughs) I know, but more professional. Just drink. Drink on principle. Drink on principle. Just get blackout drunk now. God damn. Um, Oh, I'm going to. So... Anyway, she was with Doctor <laughs> and uh, fell in love, was going to get married, and then her dad, Frederick, um, bought them a house and didn't, excuse me, he built the house nearby. He built it right across the river from his house, the Rutherwood Mansion, and he built them an exact identical mansion, which okay. screams narcissism to me, <laughs> And except the original was red and theirs was entirely white, like entirely white, like like everything like I don't know it just it was like too white it was very weird okay got it like I'm gonna stop talking so before they even moved in the house burned to the ground (laughs) that's not funny I'm sorry (laughs) that's just like a twist you know yeah it was a game changer um so they say that was the beginning of Rowena's bad luck because on her wedding day to the doctor um Rowena's groom and his friends decided to go fishing. Oh, no. First of all, on their wedding day, no, but people he went do fishing that. with his fucking friends. They do? Isn't that a thing in the South? No, I don't know. Everyone goes, no. I don't know. I just wouldn't want to, like, go smell like fish on my wedding day. You know? <laughs> it happens. Great. Um, so him and his friends took a small boat out, and they were, like, still close enough to the land that she could see them, and she watched the boat capsize. <gasps> No. <laughs> I don't know what you're drinking to, but sure. Gasp. <laughs> My gasp. Oh, gasp. I, went, <gasps> I thought you were saying yes, and I was like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also that. <laughs> also that. I was like, sure, I'm not going to yeah. judge you. Um, so anyway, the boat capsized, and the currents were pulling them under. There was oh, four people. Oh, no. All of the friends survived, and the husband did not. Oh, no. Bummer. So, Bummer indeed. So then uh, she clearly was not okay. And she ended up hiding in her room for two years. Oh. Yeah. Then she came out and decided that she was going to find someone else. And she fell in love. This time, a man named Edwards, like an actual name. And then (laughs) her and Edward got married and only months later died from yellow fever. I mean, come on. She fell into another depression and this time stayed in her room for a decade. Oh, honey. Like, whoa, wow. That's a long time. I mean, not making fun of that, but also no, that's a long it's time. very sad. Um, so for a third time, she was like, okay, third time's a charm. I got to do this. I mean, so good for her for I'd be done. trying again. Right? So she found and married another man, and this time they had a daughter. Six, yeah, oh. Six years later, the daughter died. It's interesting how a whole room of people can laugh at that. (laughs) Um, So she heard his... So (laughs) Someone said it's nervous laughter, which is what you always say. Oh, it's always nervous laughter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so she's dealing with that. And then she uh, went back to the mansion to visit her dad. 
and she saw the ghost of her first love, the doctor. <gasps> Sorry. Sultry. So she heard his voice calling to her and saw his hands reaching out from the river outside where he oh, died. Oh, no. So some say she might have just hallucinated that. Um, but she believed it enough and thought that she could go pull him out. This is like <gasps> like 18 years later, by the way. That's so really it's, sad. Um, that night she went out into the water to reach for his hand, and then she never came back up. Are you kidding me? Mm-mm. No, ma'am. So, what's it about? Yeah, her? and what are you drinking? People want to know. Oh, I'm drinking a Coke. I know, I don't ever ask. But... From Hattie B's. That Eva went and got. That Eva got for me. Thank you, Eva. <laughs> Eva's just. Okay, let's stop for a second and talk about Eva. Let's all drink, by the hey, way. Hey, I said when we talk about Eva, and you made fun of me, but now I you're... Know, I know, but here we are. Eva was such a trooper today, because we were on a plane, and we all sat in a row together, and Christine and I were both sobbing our eyes out. <laughs> One, two, love, Simon. One, two... I s- cried for the entire movie. And one t- for the seventh time of seeing Infinity War. And I wept, and I wept, and, and I kept I wept. looking over, and we were both just like tear streamed. And at then I looked at you, we were both doing kind of... this. Oh yeah, about very different scenes. Apparently, Eva was listening to my dad read a porno, and was yeah. just like, <laughs> living every her now best and then I'd life. see her little head be like checking in, like just Are you and okay? was like they're still sobbing. Okay, I'm gonna go this way. Anyway, so she got Emma milkshake or a Coke float. From, yes. Anyway, so thank you, thank Eva. you, Eva. We love you. Hashtag thank I you, I think we should just make it a thing where we always just, like, make a toast to Eve at the beginning of these. <laughs> so, yes. Okay, so, Frederick Ross, the dad. He, after his daughter went into oh, the his, river. Oh, his favorite child, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she was a golden kid. So, um, he was in a deep depression, and he failed several of his business ventures. He just, like, wasn't doing hot. Um, he was forced to sell his property to his bookkeeper named Joshua Phipps. And uh, before he free, before uh, he sold the property, he freed as many slaves as he possibly could. Oh, okay, all right. One of which was the ancestor of Diana Ross. <laughs> Fun fact. Drink. <laughs> and that's where Diana Ross's last name comes from. They took the <gasps> they took the Rutherford? Frederick Ross's. Oh, because got it. Got it. The, got her it. ancestors were his slaves. Wow. Oh. That, that feels good to okay. say. All so, right. Um, let's okay. Just, yeah. Let's just keep going. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just about drink, history just take a in drink. general. So uh, Frederick Ross. I'm sorry about history in general. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. So, um, so Frederick Ross freed the slaves, but be, that's the only reason he freed the slaves is because he knew that since he was selling the property to Joshua Phipps. The slaves were now going to be under Joshua Phipps' control, and Joshua Phipps was an asshole. Uh, and uh, he was trying to save the slaves because apparently Joshua Phipps like was very willing to be very cruel. Great. He was a wanton. <laughs> so I just still remember that moment of you saying it, and I'm being you like, watched my eyes die a little, and like, me saying like, "Don't say anything, don't say anything," and being like. A wonton? And you were like, yeah. It, it was edited out, but there's a, like a good 10 minutes of us being like, Eva, should no, we keep wanton, that in? Let's wanton. get rid of that. Let's keep that in. Let's, let's just keep it in because I'm going to say some other stupid shit eventually. 
Hashtag thank you, Eva. Um, okay, so. Oh, Eva, people are getting drunk for you, man. I said, I said when we mentioned So, her. Frederick Ross freed the slaves because he was trying to save them from Joshua Phipps, um, be, but he couldn't save everyone, so there were some unlucky people that did not get to get freed. And Joshua Phipps added cells to the basement with dirt walls, dirt floors, no protection from weather elements, and whipping posts in every room so he could whip them oh, wherever he no. felt like no, it. No, 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 no. Um... Yeah, yowza. Okay, so uh, one of I we just watched this YouTube video. We tried we watched this YouTube video <laughs> trying to figure out the name of it the mansion, and she didn't weird. say it. So her name is Jill Ellis of Kingsport, and she spoke about her experience living in the cells as a child. Oh, now I get the context. Yes, I was like, because she was like, I'm 87. Yeah, nope. I was born in a hospital, and I was like, what is this video? Well. <laughs> You're about to hear more from her. It makes more sense now. Okay. That's probably the nicest things she said that you're going to hear tonight. Okay. This is what she had to say about being a child on the property. And I don't like saying that. Why did you do this to us? The stench was overpowering. One could imagine hearing the moaning, the wailing, the crying, the misery, and the despair. In the front room on the third floor facing the river was a whipping post that slaves were shackled to. Blood stains are still embedded into the wood floors, and during days of heavy moisture, the wood would expand and the blood stains would show up again. Oh, um, not to be like a total bummer, but that like it needed to be said. Wait, you know, crush the mood. I know. I'm sorry. So, uh, one of the things she also said in another report is that Phipps built a post, his favorite post, his favorite whipping post, um, in the house. Uh, facing the river because he wanted a view. Okay. All right. Like, he's a sick guy. He's a sick guy. Okay. So. Correct. Um, he was known to beat his slaves so furiously that neighboring landowners reported hearing the screams. <laughs> and he said when he died, he wanted to be buried standing up on top of the hill so we could keep watching the slaves in agony. Okay, it's so he's a just, true psychopath. I really just want to get through Truly. this. Um, he had a mistress on the side who his wife actually knew about but was too scared to say anything. Oh, great. Um, and the mistress was actually reported to be more cruel than him, which I won't get into detail. Um, Thank Phipps, you. Phipps was, a, was also not just cruel to his slaves, but equally cruel to his family. Oh, good. Um, so he was just cruel to everyone. Um, his Fucking daughter, asshole. Priscilla, uh, fell in love with a man who had to go fight in the Civil War, and Phipps was high enough that he was able to um, arrange no. the, his daughter's true love to get murdered before he even got there and then say he died in a line of battle when she got the letter or like the knock on the door that he was dead Fuck. she he laughed in her face and said that he was the one who had arranged it <gasps> what an asshole and when she asked when she asked why he just kept laughing and then walked away this is truly a horrible man so what the hell em i know okay next picture it's supposed to be a comedy show it's okay. It's gonna be funny again. <laughs> That's the fun thing. This is an emotional roller coaster for all of us. We just want to drain you of all your energy. Yes, I want you to go home exhausted. So, okay, second one: paranormal justice. Uh, I think. Yes. Okay, paranormal justice. Sorry. <laughs> Clearly, we're on the fly here. Um, okay. Oh. So, <laughs> shit. This is. Wow. <laughs> I don't know who everyone is. Explain everything. I think this is Peggy. 
Or Annabelle. The doll. It's uh, Annabelle. Is, are you? Yes. But it looks like Peggy the doll. It could be. Well, we. Yes. Okay. You, listen to Sunday's episode. Just listen to Sunday's understand. episode. Hint, okay. hint. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. You heard it wink, here wink, first. Boop, boop. That could be a doll named Peggy. That who might know, get discussed. Well, who knows? Um, I think that's Satan. <laughs> um, I can't tell. I can't be sure. So anyway, thank you, Marina. <laughs> like I, I asked a favor, feel, and Marina. I'm pretty sure we just brought the game. I'm pretty sure we just cursed everyone in this room with this photo. <laughs> Sorry. She, she might have chanted over the picture before she sent it to like, us. Like truly, truly. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. I am so thrilled that we are working with Fast Growing Trees. I spent about an hour and a half on the website trying to decide what I would love to order from their products. They have so many options and you can actually filter it by zones, by growing zones to make sure you know it'll work in your garden. Um, they have everything from massive privacy shrubs and trees to very, very specific flowers. I actually ended up ordering a lilac shrub for my garden. I recently discovered how much I love the smell of lilac and so I thought, you know what? Perfect chance. Why don't I get some lilac growing in my yard? I think it's going to smell beautiful. And I also got my mom a little lavender plant as an Easter present. Right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code DRINK at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code DRINK at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code DRINK. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. You know when you've got the holidays, the new year, and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind? Especially if you run a small business, it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things, but Stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you. Stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies. For 25 years now, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses, whether they're mailing out checks, invoices, legal documents, books, podcast branded koozies, maybe that's just us, or anything else. Get access to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? We have loved Stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have Stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code DRINK. Okay. Anyway, well, are we gonna good, have to keep good looking? luck sleeping tonight. So we um, gotta keep looking at this? Yeah, you get to keep looking at this oh, for a second. Oh, great. Okay. <clears throat> also, I just definitely cleared my throat in case people wanted to, like, play the fair game. Um, Thanks, it's not just me. So, for good reason, because... Joshua Phipps was just a grade-A dick. Yeah. Um, he, it's believed that in retaliation, he was cursed by one or several of his slaves. 
So sure, right, of good. course. I kind of hope so. So in 1861, Phipps found himself very ill, and the doctors could not explain his condition. He was feverish and delusional, and could no longer really move. He was just bedridden. Oh, uh, yeah. Aw. Oh. I hope uh. you get better. Um, I hope they did that. It's just bl- funny. <laughs> it's just funny. I hope they did that bloodletting. You know, they did that. <laughs> they were like, let's put sl- leeches all over you. <laughs> I don't know. That seems like a... <laughs> I'm sorry. Keep talking. You got it. <laughs> no, don't make me keep talking. Go. Um, it's a fun role reversal when you don't know what no, you're doing. No, I don't so. like it. Anyway, so he was bedridden. He was quarantined in the carriage house, and a young slave was assigned to keep watch and fan him to keep him cool. If I were that slave, I would have been like, peace, bitch. But but anyway, he was obedient, and uh, the boy was fanning Phipps when he was had been sleeping for days like was just yeah in, incoherent he was fanning phipps while he was sleeping and then out of nowhere for the first time in several days phipps snapped awake from his sleep his eyes fixated on something behind the boy and the boy turned around to see quote a buzzing cloud made of hundreds of flies uh, formed from nowhere oh no the cloud of flies got thicker until the entire cloud moved as one towards phipps they covered his face, their tiny hairy legs poking into his open eyes. <laughs> yeah. Ow, ow! What else? What else? Um, they ran themselves up his nostrils, ah! into his ears, and down his mouth. I'm still, this is still a quote. Um, M's not. I'm not like a, like a, like a writer. I'm not a good writer all of a sudden. Um, okay, here we we're going to keep it going. The swarm was so thick that Phipps finally started to suffocate, choking to death on the living buzzing flies. Oh, my God. <laughs> the poor boy who's watching this um, watched his master go into spasms as, Ugh. quote, his lungs filled with insects. Gross. What the actual hell? He, like, am? inflated with bugs. He just, like, kept... It's really just heinous. So the boy ran off What do you to- always say? Vomitous. Grotesque. Vomitous. So, uh, the boy ran off to get help, and when he returned with uh, with Phipps's family and the doctor, Phipps was definitely dead, but there wasn't a fly in sight. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. And now we can change this. Thank God. Another one. Tr- Trickster dog. Oh, is this about you? I miss it's him so much. It's about a baby, much. baby. It's about a happy bug. I so, miss him. I think... A lot of people knew exactly what I wanted, and a lot of people fucking delivered. So, um, and also, like, what a perfect tie-in. I watched Infinity War today, and Loki is the trickster god, so what did I get? Oh! Oh, my God! He's so tricky and so handsome. Look at my boy! Look at him with the scepter. The Chitari Scepter. Look at his demonic face. <laughs> Truly. This oh, is my he, little sweet baboon. What a baby, baby. Yeah, yeah, that oh, was a lot yeah, of drinking. Right. Just finish your drink. <laughs> Just down it. Um, okay, oh. so here's where it gets even creepier. But to keep things lighthearted... Just look at the dog. The itty-bitty baby, so... Um, so Phipps's funeral 
uh, is an odd story, however, confirmed by several people who are descendants of the people who attended the funeral. Right. So also that means it's just hearsay, but a lot of people swear by this. Um, so the funeral casket was to be pulled by two large horses to the cemetery plot, and as hard as they tried, the casket would seem to be cemented to the ground. Like these mm. large ass horses could not move this one body, um, almost as if it was stone or full of flies. <laughs> just saying. I'm just saying with you. So the horses were taken from the casket, and it began to move again. So it was like once the horses didn't need to pull it, all of a sudden the body was light enough to move. Um, hmm. the, and then they were like, okay, it moves again. Let's put the horses back on. And they tried and it was just stuck. So basically it only worked if like humans, like all like hauled together uh, and dragged an a asshole. casket. <laughs> yeah. Till what a death. high maintenance asshole. Seriously. <laughs> and so, uh, then the river near the plot began to bubble <laughs> as if it were boiling. Um, then the casket began to move from the inside. Like something was locked in and they were trying to get out. Um, people heard barking inside their own heads. Barking. What? <laughs> is that... Okay. This is the context. It's, it's making sense now. It's making sense. Sort of. <laughs> Ish. You'll figure it out. So, people heard barking inside their own heads and felt invisible tails hitting their legs. Oh. You could hear claw... Wait. You can hear claws against wood and snarling and a gigantic black dog jumped out of the casket what what and took off into the woods Serious a lot of people black. A, no sorry oh. i'm sorry that's we did the harry potter thing i know but i wanted to bring it back so this massive dog jumps out of the casket that a human should be in and then just takes off into the wind and the pastor's like, MV. <laughs> I mean, he finished the rites, so he did his job. And then he got the fuck out of there. And the coffin was quickly buried. They were like, get the fuck get it in the fucking ground. Um, and people could hear Phipps' laughter as it happened. That's so deeply upsetting. <laughs> All right, that's a more recent picture. That's I went, pretty. It's still present day, I guess now. Okay. It's not yet. I lied. So, uh, yep. Okay, so the remaining family members... Uh, oh, yeah, this is current day. Okay, I'm in. I was sleep-deprived when I did this. So even I don't know that's what I'm M's about to version read. of drunk. It truly is. It is. I just don't ever know. We were just talking about this today. I leave myself gifts when I'm sleep-deprived. It's actually, like, very unsettling and strange. And then I wake up to, like presents that only I know I'd love. And was like, yeah, I took a nap and then I woke up to all the Starbucks, my favorite Starbucks on the table and I was like, oh, did like your roommate Christine or RJ like go get you a drink? And they were like, oh, um, no, I think I went and did it. I, was like, and I, I, think was like, I'm, I think I'm home alone all week. What? But Nobody's here. It's all definitely here. It. It's very strange. Well, not to triangulate my location, but I do live walking distance from a Starbucks. That doesn't triangulate. <laughs> There's a Starbucks. <laughs> There's I mean, who's to say? There could be some real, real good creeps in here. So That's fair. That's fair. Um, but I'm yeah, one to judge. But so I guarantee you I was just tired and decided to go and then took a nap just, and I was like, wow, this is The fact is that it great. was so nonchalant of like, no, I did it for myself un unconsciously. It was, was not like, the first time. Not th All right. It won't be the last either. <laughs> okay. So. Good. The, <laughs> the remaining family members living in the mansion began to experience paranormal activity. 
after this whole black dog funeral thing. Um, they saw things moving in the shadows of the house, and they heard animal feet running through the hallways. Also, um, in case, well, I know I didn't mention this, but in case people um, haven't caught up there yet, the big black dog is like the, like the welcomer to hell, like your escort to hell. Right. It, the hell hound, exactly. It's literally exactly. called the hound of hell, so someone knows their shit. And it's not me. And it's not either of us. So, <laughs> um, they, Okay, so they've also heard laughter and sounds of Phipps walking around the home. And Phipps would also appear at night at the foot of your bed. Um, Good. They also report that sometimes if you ignored him at the foot of your bed, uh, he would wait until you fell back asleep and then yank the blankets off of you. Told you, he's a freaking asshole. This guy, like, does not quit. Like, he didn't get enough when he was alive. But he's, like, not even in hell. He's just still on Earth, like pissing people off (laughs) some believe that he had risen from the grave just to keep tormenting them Um, and many believed he was actually just alive somewhere and stuffed a dog in a coffin (laughs) (laughs) that's actually really funny (laughs) what if he did that Uh, fed up with the rumors the family agreed to dig up the grave to prove that Phipps was actually dead Uh, okay and when they opened the grave, the coffin was still there, but it was empty. No! Wait, and, what? And all they found were large black dog hairs. And the dirt around it had not been disturbed. So, like, no one has touched it since they buried it. What the fuck? The activity got worse, probably because they fucking took out a grave. Um, and people started getting pushed and pinched during the day and losing their favorite items. They also started getting pushed down the stairs. I like oh. how it's like, it gets worse. He pinched me. Um, <laughs> You're funny. You're funny, too. We should start a show. So, no. um, People were also convinced that it was that... Um, oh, excuse me. I just didn't read English properly. English is my first language, and I just can't do it. So, convinced... That's not a drink. Don't drink. Just kidding. <laughs> Um, convinced it was Phipps, like, that was haunting them this whole time, the slaves decided they couldn't handle the torment anymore, that he just still hated them, and he was just destroying their lives even after he died. So they revolted by destroying Phipps's headstone, desecrating his grave, and killing his mistress. They beat her to death and all swore to secrecy where they left the body. Ooh! Rock and roll, baby! So, and yeah, she was an asshole like, too, right? Oh, she was the one yeah. that was even worse than him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't think people even asked. They were like, "Man, she, she, she needed to go. She needed to go." Oh, is this just screams haunted house? This to looks me. like a sledge, like a when you leave your computer too long, and the screensaver comes on. It's just like <laughs> your Christmas photos. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, actually, I pulled it from Apple. So. <laughs> um. So the shadow man, the dog. Oh. Um. Yep, I, yep, there's a shadow man coming up. (laughs) Look, I even highlighted this part pink so I know where to start after a new slide, and I didn't even do it. So, um, that's the trick. Uh, It has, okay, so after the, I'm sorry, I think I'm having a stroke. So. (laughs) You're doing so We're almost, we're almost done. (laughs) I think, I think if we're being honest, my medication is like, is like my anti-anxieties are calming down and now I'm like, oh, fuck. Um, You're like, where am I? So we're just going to like tunnel vision through. So 
It has since passed through several owners, and the current owner bought it in 1987 and restored the home to the original design. I'm remembering when all of you were like, what? What shadow person? Sorry. <laughs> <Hey>, good times. <laughs> I hate myself. So during the renovations, workmen were in the basement, and that was where the slave cells were located. And one of the workmen was down there with a buddy, and he looked up in frozen place and then just, like, bolted off, just took off screaming. He, the other guy's like, what is going on? Uh, that workman sprinted to his van and fled, leaving all of his tools and his fellow workers behind. Um, just ditched him. So now we know what he's like in an emergency. Yeah. Um, later, the man said that he looked up and when he, he felt someone staring at him, and when he looked towards that corner, he saw a shadow man materialize out of the wall, dressed in a dark suit that melted onto him. I don't even know what that means, but it's disgusting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Next to him was a gigantic black dog. Oh. Oh, full circle. <laughs> um, the dog had glowing red eyes, fangs exposed, and was snarling. The shadow man looked at him, grinned sadistically. No. Pointed at him, nodded, and then the dog charged at him. He said the dog followed him up out of the basement to the van and even a little down the road before vanishing. So here's the part I almost read. The shadow man. Um, what shadow man? <laughs> the shadow man, the dog, Phipps, his daughter Rowena, and Priscilla, um, and the spirits who were slaves that were murdered on the property, they all walk the ground still, and during thunderstorms, you can hear a dog howling inside the house. Um, you can hear Phipps' evil laughter. Rumor has it, like I said, when it rains, that bloodstains still appear on the floor of the mansion. Uh, people have been seeing Rowena for over 125 years now, and she has earned the name Lady in White for her long white dress that she wears, and that was the dress that she wore the night that she went in the river. Um, she is the most frequently seen spirit, and it is said that she is still looking for her first love. I think she should be looking for her daughter, but... <laughs> All right, Em. Jesus. That's my two cents. Um, she... <laughs> and she has been seen sitting in her room on the third floor looking out at the river where her first love died. She also walks on the lawn and the halls by herself. And there is another apparition assumed to be Phipps' daughter Priscilla who walks through the halls in the corner of your eyes. Mm. Um, objects get lost and found in odd places. A lantern, it has been seen frequently floating throughout the house by itself. Dangerous! Um... <laughs> The shadow man has been seen in nightmares and always comes from the same wall the workman saw him. One reported the shadow man to be upside down on the ceiling. Oh, no. If you guys listen to the listener episode, someone submitted a story about the upside down man, and it, I've, I've truly had nightmares about it. It's not good. It's not good. People have felt a dog sniff their hand, mm -mm. and they've seen a white dress hiding behind their curtain. Like, fuck? Like, I don't know why, but it's just the creepiest. I just imagine someone broken and is wearing a dress. Um, sometimes... And it's me. <laughs> Surprise! Sometimes people have heard a child's laugh in their face, and they will feel someone climb on top of them in bed when they sleep. 
God. And that's that. <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Are you kidding me? All right, and now it's time for Christine's story because I don't know what it is. I just feel like I get to a point where I'm like so settled into your story, and then all of a sudden I have to freaking. <laughs> See, I'm the opposite. I'm like, okay, I've only got it's over. five bullets. Exactly. Left. Okay. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all in one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace Courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace Courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Daylight saving time is starting up again. It may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates any sooner. There's only one way to do that. ZipRecruiter. Right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com drink. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So Em doesn't know my story, but it is the story. Now, see, everyone reacted like, I don't know your story. I don't know if people will know this story. This is the story of Paula Herring. Ha! <laughs> Okay, well, it's kind of exciting because, to be honest, this is the story, apparently, that led to Nashville's first urban legend, which is, quote, lock your doors or you'll end up like Paula Herring, which is not catchy, but... um, They could have, like, thrown some zest into it. I tried to Google it a few times, and that's all that came up, but, yeah, apparently that was Nashville's first um, urban legend, which obviously doesn't... Oh, no, I got it. What do I have to hit? Oh, that's not it. That doesn't make me feel confident. <laughs> All right, I'll tell I'll you when. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you when. Okay. Um, so first off, I do want to say that I got a lot of this information from the Nashville Public Library. <laughs> Read books. Also, <laughs> also, I found this podcast called um, Something's Not Right, and it's like a Tennessee-focused... You guys know it? Oh, my God. Okay, it's like a Tennessee-focused true crime podcast. And I was like, that's fucking amazing. Yeah, it's called Something's Not Right. So um, they did a two-parter on this story, and it helped me a lot because they did a lot of research. And I was like, you guys are amazing. Um, Okay. Drink. Sorry. Can you hit the button? Should I be drinking with you guys? Yes. Can you hit the button? Oh, this is is the lovely Paula Herring. She's beautiful. She's, She's a gem. She's a babe. So this story takes place um, in February of 1964, 
Uh, 18-year-old Paula Herring. She's a freshman in college at the University of Tennessee. Ah, the one that you know about. I don't know. How many are there? The good one, you know. Go what? It's 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 their base. It's not baseball. It's their football team. Their football team. Volunteers. Volunteers. Balls. Yep. Yeah, I love them. Christine just told the story. Help me. Okay. So when she graduated high school, Paula was... Okay, this is... I don't know. I found this interesting. She's on the tennis team, the school magazine, secretary of her homeroom, the captain of the basketball team, and she was the captain of the bowling team. Now, here's the thing. I was also on the bowling team. Me too. But it was only because the guy I had a crush on was like... Let's start a bowling team. And he smoked a lot of pot. I didn't know that. But I was like, okay, great. Let's do it. So I made my mom buy me like a custom bowling ball. (laughs) I'm a terrible bowler. So I was not the captain. But I was on my school's first bowling team. So I was like, let's, um, can we hit it? Yeah. I was like, let's uh, make somebody draw the, and that's why you drink bowling team since we were both involved in a bowling team. So this is what happened. This is by Anna. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she was like, I can't do anything artistic. And I was like, this is a masterpiece. Uh, it is a Photoshop photo. Um, it's fucking amazing. It, so. Is it Photoshopped? I don't remember. <laughs> Correct. I remember being there. Correct. It is a real photograph. Not altered at all. It was um, so hard to like, shave Gio's arms that day. <laughs> And make him stand upright and hold a 15-pound bowling ball? Yes, very In hard. In front of Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, and so I also... I, okay, now, what do I hit? Can I do this one? The down one? Yeah, okay. but hold it for a second. So here's the thing. Evan, right? Okay, so a guy named... A man named Evan was like, I'm on an oil rig in the Gulf of Mexico... But I, my wife is going to be at your show, and so I drew a drawing so I could be a part of the evening. And I was Aww. like, that's too sweet. So this is for you. But then I realized he didn't say your name. What is it? Laura. Laura? And so I, So he, romantic. I know. Look, look at it. She's so sweet. So he was like, I just want to be a part of the evening. And I just was like, and put two slides in. So this is also us with... And I thought he did a great job. Like, look at... But also, H.H. Holmes is petting Geo, and I don't trust that one bit. Um, I don't really know if I trust any of them And then with Geo. Eva tried to be, like, really calming. She's like, well, maybe he has, like, a soft spot. And I was like... <laughs> maybe he's just a dog person. <laughs> you know? So that was from Evan for you, Laura. Yay! <laughs> Listen... I'm a big old softie. I was like, that is the sweetest thing I ever did see in my whole gosh darn life. Okay, um, so let's go back to this. On the night of February 22nd, 1964, Paula is home from college. Whichever college she went to, I don't know. Um, she's visiting her family in the Creve Hall neighborhood of Nashville. Yeah. Yep. Um, she pers- <laughs> She persuades her mother to go out to dinner. She says, you know, I'll babysit my younger brother, who's six years old. His name is Alan. 
And she's like, I'll babysit Alan um, while you go to dinner, and I'll work on my book report. And her book report was on All the King's Men, which is one of my favorite books, just saying. No. Fun fact. Book, read books. Nashville Public Library. I don't know. Okay, so her mother goes out to dinner. A couple hours later, when her mom returns home um, with the people that she was out to dinner with, she finds Paula's body lying face down in the living room. Um, so her mother's name was Eva. Not to be... Please don't relate her to our Eva. <laughs> this is Eva, our Eva. Look how happy she is. I just want to clarify, this is eating Hattie B's chicken. We took this That's not the Eva I'm talking about. Ago. I'm not talking about that Eva. I'm talking about this Eva, okay? Remember that. This is this Eva. That was a slick tie-in. You'll have to understand later why it's important, okay? Jeez. <laughs> so this is Eva Joe is her name. So Eva Joe is a nurse. So she finds her daughter on the ground in the house, and she drops to her knees, begins looking for a pulse, but unfortunately um, Paula has been dead for about an hour and a half. Uh, Paula's mother, Eva, describes her body as looking ghostly, bloodied, and bruised. Um, she had been badly beaten and strangled, but she had also been shot twice um, in her back and her upper left chest, and that's what killed her. Oh, my God. Uh, they found her sweater in a ball on the couch, and it had two bullet holes in it, so somebody had used it sort of as a silencer um, when they shot her. Uh, and little Alan, the six-year-old that she was babysitting, so he was safely tucked in bed, and he... When they talked to him, he hadn't remembered the gunshots. However, while his mom and her friends were out, he did get out of bed to answer the phone. And he saw his older sister's body on the ground, and he thought she was sleeping and had spilled ketchup on herself. Oh, no. I know. So he really had no idea. And then he was like, oh, she fell asleep. And then he went back to bed. That's so sad. And waited for his mom to come home. So, yeah, really, really, really upsetting. Um so, unfortunately, I mean, fortunately, he was okay, and he was fine, um, relatively speaking, anyway. Um, so, actually, a couple of years earlier, Paula's dad, Wilmer, had actually been, uh, he was found dead in a local hotel. Uh, he had taken his life by taking poison, so that was, like, this is, like, the second, like, big tragedy in a couple of years in their family. Mm-hmm. And when police came to investigate uh, the... Paula's death, they determined that she had actually fought back against the killer and had actually been shot while she was already on the ground because the bullets were, like, in the floorboards. Oh, okay. So she was, like, really brutally attacked while she was already down. Um, And they noticed something else odd. Her copy of All the King's Men was missing. Creepy, 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 creepy. Because her mom was like, she's doing this book report, and they're like, well, it's not here anywhere, you know. So, uh, I'm just going to throw this in here. The book was later found in a field 75 feet from her house, like in the wilderness, just in the brush. Weird. Yeah, nobody can really explain that. I don't know. (laughs) I just thought that was a really creepy detail. So, a few days later, the night manager of a crystal with a K? Okay, I know White Castle. I know White Castle. All right, hold on. Do you know Crystal with the K? I know of it, but I don't have. Do you know White Castle? I know, I know White Castle. Okay, listen, I'm from Ohio. We have White Castle. Everybody, be quiet. Well, I know of Crystal. I know of Crystal, but we didn't have them in. Well, apparently, this Crystal still exists. So, it is. Oh, I did find it. It is at 2613 Franklin Road. I 
Listen, I'm not allowed to triangulate our location, but I can triangulate the location of the crystal. So I looked it up. It has two stars on Yelp. Uh, but that's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Listen, people are really difficult on the internet. I don't know. <laughs> Let's support local business. So, anyway, this is like the 1960s. I thought it was cool that it still exists. Yeah. So, the night manager of the crystal, um, that's apparently still there, uh, picks a man out of a police lineup and identifies him as the same man who had apparently come into the restaurant covered in blood the night of Paula's killing. And he says, uh, oh, sorry, she says that she saw him fumbling through the restaurant's phone book And um, he said he was having car trouble. So he's like, can you look up the number for a local service station to help fix my car? Uh, Because because, he had heart troubles? No, yeah, because he couldn't find his glasses. This all makes sense. So then she goes, so then she goes, well, what happened? Right, yeah. And guess what he says? I've had a rough night. (laughs) Apparently, he can't find his glasses, he has heart trouble, and he needs a service for his car. me too. So... Then, um, so that happened, and then a man named Al Baker contacts police and is like, I have some pretty serious information. He says, my friend and drinking buddy, 39-year-old John Randolph Clark, a.k.a. Red, because he had red hair. People were very clever. I don't know if you can remember that connection. So Clark... I'll I'll keep it in mind. I'll log it away. You can try. So (laughs) Al tells police that his buddy Clark left the dinner they were eating that night of Paul's murder at around 9 p.m. and said he's going to visit a girl from college who was babysitting that night. Red flag number one. Red. Yes. Flag. Red flag. Red flag. Correct. Al also told authorities that Clark knew Paula and Eva, the mother... Um, and he said that Clark had actually been drinking heavily on the day of the murder. So, obviously, police went after him, and Clark went in voluntarily to speak with the police, um, and he refused to look at crime scene photos of Paula, but he was interviewed for 11 hours, and he was actually released because they couldn't find enough evidence on him. So, this is just some information about Clark himself. So, he was a veteran of World War II. He was the son of a judge, a local judge, so he was kind of like a high-status guy in the area. Um, his ship had been torpedoed on D-Day, and he had had to swim to shore before being found two days later. So he was on shore, like, near death for two days. Um, and so after that, he suffered from pretty severe blackout spells, apparently, for the rest of his life. And, um, but the only trouble, like, the only legal trouble he had ever been in was at school. Uh, he went to Tennessee Tech. (laughs) Nobody likes that. Wow. Fantastic. Not even one person was like, Every, yeah. I heard four people go, yeah, I heard, I heard so a lot of distaste. He went to Tennessee Tech, and he had to withdraw from the school after. Apparently for the best. Hold on. Hold on. Let me tell you the terrible thing he did. What? After an incident at a school football game where he staged an impromptu cheerleading session at halftime. What a fucking asshole, am I right? He's worse than Joshua Phipps. It's, it's hard, but I think he did it. Yeah. 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 So he, he apparently had to withdraw after his cheerleading session that he choreographed. I don't know. So, and then after that, a traffic cop, a local Nashville traffic cop testified that he had sold Clark a pistol and a box of shells 
And he also told police that two months prior to the murder, a group of people, are you ready for this? Saw Clark firing a gun into a snowbank outside a Christmas party. Sounds like a good party. So, obviously, I requested that people draw me a shooting a snowbank, and this is what I received from Aries. Uh, It's a beautiful drawn. People are very talented. That doesn't even look drawn. That looks like an oil painting. They're very talented. Um, And so... I like I, the water gun. It's she's shooting the water gun. I just really like this. I just really like this. So this is the um, shooting a snowbank. Ba 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 da. So <laughs> drink. So police went to search for the bullet that was apparently at the scene of this Christmas party, and they could not find anything. The next day, so they spent several hours looking. The next day, they went back, and lo and behold, the bullet is just casually there on the sidewalk for them to find, and they're like okay, and they took it, but it's a little fishy. It's a little fishy. So on February 28th, uh, Clark was charged with the murder of Paula Herring after finding the bullet, right? Uh, as well as assault with intent to ravish. Ooh. I don't know. Okay. I yeah, know I, I sound like an idiot, but what does ravish mean? Rape, maybe, is what oh. I'm thinking. Okay. Got well, it. Cannibalism. I, listen, I don't know. I didn't say it. They said it. They said it. Mm, Okay. So his trial starts on September 21st, 1964 in Jackson, Tennessee. Listen, I just pause. I'm like, people are going to shout. Nobody's shouting. Or they're going to go, eh. That's true. That went way worse than I expected. Um, (laughs) It turns out that Clark, who, by the way, was also married, had gone over to Paula's house and told his buddies that he had hoped to have sex with her. Um... He actually, okay, I'm sorry, I said that wrong. He went to Paula's house, hoped to have sex with her mother, Eva Jo. What? Because they knew each other. They knew each other. They had met at a pool hall. That's a real twist. Sorry. And then, and then he said, but if that didn't work out, he'd just wait for Paula to come home so that he could sleep with her instead. Oh, okay. I like his, I like his plan B. Got it. So this is, right. He actually is like, um, I believe he's 37, and Paula is 18 at this point. So it's, it's highly questionable. Thank you for asking, because I forgot to mention that. Also highly questionable. So he's like hoping to sleep with her mom, and then is like, and he, he had like met her mom before, um, and then was like, well, she didn't show up. At least I can sleep with the daughter, which is not cute. Although, again, <laughs> this is the fr- best friend testifying this. So this is not like, he's not admitting to this. Got he it. denies everything, just to clarify. So he denies everything. He says Al is lying. Um, but surprise, surprise, on September 25th, 1964, he is convicted, and the jury recommends a 30-year prison sentence. And the judge instates that prison sentence, but ultimately um, it's reduced significantly, and after only nine years, he is released. What? Um, but this is where the plot thickens. It's dun, where it gets dun, bananas. Da, shot, uh, shot. I was going to say shit gets wild, but then I just yelled shot, and then I realized it's too late to go Freudian, back. Freudian slip. Take Freudian a shot. Slip. <laughs> um, so shit gets wild here. All right. <laughs> Let me change the We're all on the edge oh. of our seats. So this man. I don't know either, just so you know. Usually so. I yell at Eva to edit that out. Eva, edit that out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, a man... Name, by the name of Michael Bishop, 
releases a book last year in 2017 called Murder in Music City. There it is. There it is. And uh, in w- he claims that Clark uh, Red, a.k.a. Red, Red, was set up and the real murderer of Paula actually got away with it. So this is a 300-page book. So, so you um, read it all for this exact And I did, show. and I'm going to read it for you right now. Everybody oh. settle in. <laughs> Buckle up. This is a 17-hour show. <laughs> Get ready. <laughs> I was like, okay. Uh, no, I would never do that to you. So, uh, I will sum up for you, like, so here's the thing. Well, I'll tell you in a minute. <laughs> Emotional so, roller coaster. Surprise, surprise. Every turn, there's a, another... There's another turn. There's another me being... There's another Christine being really confused. Okay. So, Michael Bishop. He is this, like, amateur detective. He is kind of browsing around the archives in Nashville, and he stumbles upon the box uh, containing information about Paula's murder. And this is in 1997. And he notices something odd. So there is a letter in this box from then-Mayor Beverly Briley explaining Mayor Briley's presence in Paula's neighborhood the day of her murder. Uh-oh. So there is this letter, truly, from the mayor that says, like, I was in Paula's neighborhood on this evening because I was, like, visiting a friend. And it never became part of any sort of, like, um, investigation. Like, it didn't become part of the trial Ooh. The press didn't have a whole lot of this, so he's like, that's odd, and starts looking into it. So he spent 20 years researching the case and just released the book last year, um, and he did his own detective work, and he believes... Okay, so now I did do some digging here because he does not like to reveal um, the ending of his book because it just got released, but I'm going to spoil it for you, so if you don't... <laughs> So I didn't read the 300 pages, but I did just... You read the last one. I went into the deep web and found right. <laughs> the last chapter. <laughs> the dark web, thank you. So <laughs> I'm going to tell you what happens. Listen, plug your ears if you don't want to know. But you do, because it's really interesting. And you're not going to read a 300 page. I know I told you... Listen. I read I... books, but not this one. No, no, no. No, no. Read the book. It's great. But... But don't be but surprised. You're not, I'm not, you're not going to, right? Okay. So <laughs> I'm not going to read it. I'll tell you that. I know you're not. <laughs> okay. So Bishop, he releases this book, right? He believes, this is what he believes, Paula's mother, Eva Joe, had been socializing with some very important local officials at the time, including the mayor, who was an extremely heavy drinker. Um, this is why I want you to disassociate our Eva with this Eva. Thank you. This is why I made a clarification. Um, Then Bishop, who wrote this book, found a previously unpublished photo showing the woman who had discovered Paula's body. And guess what? She was the mayor's mistress. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's just, it's honestly, honestly, it's just funny. Like, it's fine. I hate you. (laughs) So essentially what he's claiming is that the mayor wrote a letter explaining why he was in Paula's neighborhood uh, because he, not because he actually was in the neighborhood, but because his mistress was in the neighborhood and he wanted to protect her to protect his own Mm, career because he didn't want anyone to reveal that, you know, he had a mistress. So I didn't read the, I put wrote in my notes, I didn't read the book. Thank you, me. Uh, (laughs) For reminding me that I didn't read the book. Self-awareness is important. Yeah, I'm good at it. I didn't read the book. 
<laughs> and um, so, again, Bishop does not like to tell uh, the ending, but essentially what happened is, this gets pretty, <laughs> pretty fucking wild. He, he tracks down a guy who had been in the house on the night of Paula's murder, finds him in the nursing home that he's currently living in, gets kicked out, then co- comes back and is like, listen, this is my only chance to freaking interview. Yes, drink. Thank you. I see one person drinking. Uh, this is my ch- one chance to get like any information. He literally said, like, this guy kicked me out and I was feeling terrible for harassing him. And then he's like, this is my last chance to get any sort of answers. Right. So he goes back. Now, this is me. <laughs> I am a brave warrior. journalist. <laughs> you know me. Really confrontational. Um, <laughs> so he goes back um, and he basically talks to him and is like, tell me what happened. And um, I'm going to spoil it. Okay, ready? Here we go. So We've been waiting, man. I'm, listen, I just love to build this like pressure. That it's I'm there. You built. Creating. You built well. So Wait, let's talk about something else. <laughs> let's go back to those photos of Gio. That was fun. <laughs> um, so... When this guy in the nursing home finally speaks, apparently, according to Bishop, he let out a loud, high-pitched sound as if he was, quote, exhaling after having held his breath for 50 years. Oh. End quote. Then broke down in tears and told Bishop everything that had happened on the night of Paula's murder. Oh. So this man, this witness, who was living in the nursing home, his name was changed in the book, but he said that one of the nurses who was there with Eva Jo, uh, Paula's mother... Uh, and was having drinks with Paula and the mother and the mayor's mistress and all that, you know, kind of highfalutin party crowd. Uh, My scene. Yes, you know, that's us. (laughs) She got into an argument with Paula about their lifestyle because Paula was, like, home from college and kind of confronted confronted her mother about, like, the lifestyle she was leading with, you know, her 60-year-old son at home. Um, And then this woman, this nurse, who was also not identified shot and killed Paula and then Paula's own mother helped cover it up and helped arrange the the sort of witnesses that you know like the the people at the crystal who saw a, a strange man oh hi, hi so basically they basically he thinks and this person at the nursing home said yeah this is what happened got it um and then you know there's so he's not saying it's impossible that Clark who was uh you know convicted and went to prison for uh, Paula's murder. He's not saying it's impossible that he was the murderer, but he's basically saying like what his belief is that the real motive turns out to be that Paula Herring knew uh, about some of the activities of very powerful people in Nashville, and she confronted her mother about it. And there was a group of people with her mother, and things got heated, and her mother tried to protect her reputation, the mayor's reputation, everybody involved. That's noble. Um, and some of the yes. <laughs> Yes, correct. Some of the details actually do fit this theory. So the snowbank bullet, remember they, they just they didn't find a bullet and then the next day after ten hours of searching it just right. was suddenly on the sidewalk. She just go over and just drop, drop somebody it. they think they believe somebody went and just like tossed the bullet of the gun that killed her into you know, onto the sidewalk. Um and then the photos, obviously, of the mayor's mistress that were never released. Um and then that letter that was never released. What very about the book? Sketchy. What book? The Three Kings. Oh, that they don't... Re- I just thought that Outlier. was a weird detail Got it. that 
the, yeah, I don't really know how that ties in. That was like someone else involved. I just thought that like, was yeah, put that there. super creepy. It's like a red herring. Yeah, I yeah. thought that was kind of a red herring. Really threw him off. And then um, it also turns out that when Paula died, um, her mother, Eva Jo, didn't buy her a headstone and just kind of buried her and didn't, never put a marker after like s- several... Oh my God. Frick, I keep hitting the button. After several decades of... of um, after her death, never put a headstone or anything. Um, just very like strange details that never really added up. Um, and then so Eva Joe herself died in 1976 in Waco. So there's no obviously bringing her to justice. But Paula's friend from high school, um, they were in the basketball team together. Oh. Um, and they, she's, her name is Kay Knox. And she recently said, I think it's justice for Paula that this book was released. Right. Um, I think it's finally what sets her situation free. And actually, a few months ago, a gathering of Paula's former classmates had a reunion, a high school reunion, and they invited Michael Bishop, the author, to come speak to the oh, to her nice. classmates, which was really cool. And he pledged his share of the book's proceeds to the new Paula Herring Scholarship Fund, Aww. which I thought was really awesome. Happy ending. It's really great. And they had a seat um, reserved for Paula. And that's Aww. it. And I guess it was just like very sad and everyone was crying. And there's photos of it where it's like class of, you know, whatever, 1962, 1963. Right. And it's just everyone's just kind of like crying in their seats. Oh. Yeah, it's very oh sad. So that's why I wanted to end on a high note. <laughs> so I did a, a depressing. I was like, <laughs> that'll do it. That's and, topical. And some of them were really on the nose. They were like, yeah, depressing ICU reunion. Someone's dead. And I was like, no, we can't go that route. <laughs> we, um, can't, we, can't we can't work can't, with reality. We can't work with reality. We got to escape it. Um, so that's why I used this as a prompt. And um, my favorite one, I think, was this one. It says, homeschool reunion. <laughs> and then it says, my mom didn't even show up. sad <laughs> that's kind of genius i just love that it's like a homeschool high school reunion and his mother didn't even show up uh, that's that's <laughs> a good one anyway so that is the story of paula herring and uh she inspired nashville's first urban legend and apparently you didn't know about it but now you do Yay! <laughs> Anyway, thank you guys so much for coming. We love you very much. Um. Nashville, Nashville was where our first a special place in our live heart. show ever was. We did our weird, awkward, like conference room live show at a at a crime con. Yeah, I was just as nervous today as I was then. No, um, you are way more nervous. <laughs> okay, that's true. I, well, no, I'm not sweating too bad right now, I don't think. Sweating. We're really sweating profusely. Drink. <laughs> they just want to drink, Em. Let I them know. have it. But no, thank you guys so much. Thank and Nashville you. really does mean a lot to us. This was like the next chapter of this. And now, like, again, we can't say too much, but live shows are about to be a much bigger thing that we do. And so, and there's some very, uh, also things we can't talk about. Renata posted something today on the internet. She posted she, I texted her a photo, and I was like, why isn't she responding? And then I got a notification 10 minutes later, like, Renata posted something on Facebook, and I was like, oh, for God's sake. And it was a photo of us, like, outside, it was like the, Zan- like the poster of us outside Zany's, and, she, and it was really sweet, but then she goes, Em and Christine are on the first leg of their USA tour. And I was like, <laughs> okay. If that's what you want to call it. Let's 
call it that. It sounded so baller. I was like, okay. But um, we, like, live shows are definitely coming out more. And, you know, I don't, in the future, hopefully more things come up. Um, but we're trying to make this, like, a, a career. And, I mean, we, were, we always thank you guys on the show anyway, so we might as well thank you now. But this, we, we were just talking on the way here where I was like, Christine, we haven't even been doing this for two years. And two years ago, Christine we and I weren't, weren't even friends. friends. I don't think and we really even liked each other very much. <laughs> Fuck you, I liked you. <laughs> well, you're stuck with me now. We're going to have to talk later. I know. Poor Eva, I'm she's got to be our peer mediator. It's just funny. Yeah, how... honestly, it's just fucking funny. No, it's fine. No, I, li- I think you're great, too. I think you're great, too. I love how you'll just wear anything and how you just... All right, you're going too far. You just say whatever you want. Crossing a line. No, but really, I... Christine, you're my best friend and I love you so much. You're my best friend! And we would not be here at all if it weren't for you guys. And thank you. You're my best friend. You're all my best friend. Thank you. We love you. And... That's... Why... We... Dream! Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, mom, Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost.